We've seen brave queens in movies like Bahubali. But do we not have a single brave queen in our history? In the history of the Nayakas, there was a queen who made her three-month-old grandson the king and ruled on his behalf. And that fearless queen was... Hello everyone, I'm Ungar Anban Hemant. Today we will be looking at the bravest queens of all, Rani Mangamal. But before we get there, don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. The Telugu-speaking Nayaka rulers were originally provincial governors under the Vijayanagara Empire. In the 17th century, Rani Mangamal became a queen who ruled the Madurai Nayaka Kingdom. She ruled for 18 years on behalf of her grandson and that was one of the most secure and prosperous periods of the Madurai Kingdom due to her diplomacy and generosity. In the middle of the 17th century, Tirumalai Nayaka's grandson Chokkanada Nayaka ruled the Madurai Nayaka Kingdom. He married Mangamal, the daughter of Lingama Nayaka, who was the commander of his army. Later, Chokkanada and Mangamal had a son called Muttuvirappa Nayaka. Now, before we get into Mangamal's story, there is an amazing incident that happened during the rule of her son Muttuvirappa Nayaka, an incident that speaks of his boldness and courage. It was a tradition for the Mughal emperor Aurangzeb to send one of his slippers to other kings. His slipper was carried by an elephant accompanied by his army. Once the procession reaches the border of a country, the king of that country was supposed to invite Aurangzeb's army to his capital, pay respect by placing the slipper on his throne and give tribute. One day, Aurangzeb's slipper reached the border of Muttuvirappa Nayaka's empire. But he did not care to invite them. So the army had to take the slipper to his palace themselves. At his palace, Muttuvirappa Nayaka, rather than placing the slipper on his throne, he casually put his foot into it and questioned them if their king was a fool to send only one slipper as he could not use just one. Aurangzeb's army marched out in shame and anger and at that instant he commanded his own army to finish off all of them to prove who he was. Doesn't it seem like it was from a movie? How heroic! But wait, if Mangamal's son was ruling the country, when and how did Mangamal get to rule? A dramatic sequence of events led to Mangamal's rule. Upon the death of her husband Chokkanada Nayaka, her son Muttuvirappa Nayaka became the king. Back then, it was a custom for a wife to commit sati upon her husband's death. However, the brave woman that Mangamal was, she did not commit sati. After a few years, her son Virappa Nayaka died as well, leaving the Madurai kingdom with no ruler. At the time of his death, his wife Muttamal was pregnant and hence did not commit sati. After a few months, Muttamal delivered a boy, handed him to her mother-in-law Mangamal and committed suicide. Now, Mangamal had to bear the burden of the situation with a child having no parents on one hand and a kingdom having no ruler on the other hand. Then she crowned the three-month-old child the king of Nayaka kingdom and started ruling on his behalf. 
During a male-dominated era, it was rare for a queen to be successful. But Mangamart was a wise queen and she knew her strengths and weaknesses well. The political scenario during her rule was much more complicated than that of Tirumalai Naika's time as she had powerful enemies from all directions. When the Mughal Emperor Aurangzeb was at his peak of power, she recognized his strength and rather than trying to fight this powerful enemy, she wisely bowed down to him and gave him tributes. With these diplomatic acts and the powerful Ali by her side, she was able to recover some areas of the Madurai Kingdom which had been captured by the Tanjavur Marathas. When the Tanjavur Marathas continued to trouble, she sent her commander Dalavai Narasapayar to conquer them. Employing strategic warfare, he defeated them. Later, when the Travancore Kingdom failed to pay their usual tribute, she sent Narasapayar again who crushed them to defeat and collected all the arrears of tribute. The Kaveri Water Dispute Many of us think this is something that started recently. <laughs> this is an age-old problem that started about 400 years ago. The king of Mysore, Chikkadevaraya, built a big dam across the Kaveri River and diverted all the water to his kingdom with the motive of letting the Madurai and Tanjavur kingdoms perish without any water. Initially, the Madurai and Tanjavur rulers were confused to see Kaveri getting dried up and then they got to know the reason behind it. Mangamar was furious at this and she joined hands with the Tanjavur king and started preparing for a joint invasion against the Mysore king. But to their surprise, before the planned war, Kaveri started flowing again as the heavy rains destructed the new dam, ruining the plans of the Mysore king. Today, India is a secular country, but that was not the case in the past. Religious persecution was a common thing. Shaivites against the Vaishnavites, Vaishnavites against the Shaivites, and the oppression of the Christians. This was a common thing in the past. However, not in the rule of Rani Mangamal. As opposed to the Tanjavur Marathas and the Ramnath Sedapati who oppressed people based on their religious beliefs, Rani Mangamal was very liberal towards religion. Though she was a staunch Hindu, she embraced people with Christian and Islam faiths as well. Though she ruled from her Darbar Hall Palace in Trichy, she also had a summer palace in Madurai, the famous Tamukkam Palace. Even today, the Unjal Mandapam in Meenakshiyaman Temple carries beautiful paintings of her. She constructed roads, planted trees, built many food inns for travelers and made generous donations to various temples. Around 1706, the glorious Rani Mangamar died, leaving way for her grandson Vijayaranga Chokanada to take up the throne. Rani Mangamar will be remembered for her boldness, diplomacy and generosity and will be an inspiration for many generations to come. Rani Mangamar